Reformed and Confessional exist to promote Reformed confessionalism, to proclaim the sufficiency of Scripture, and to extol the supremacy of Christ over all things. The Repulsive Power of Arrogance The Unbiblical Teaching of Biblical Doctrine by John Fry Passion is permissible, and arrogance is sinful. It's okay to be passionate or zealous about your beliefs when you share them. It is not okay to be arrogant about your beliefs when you share them. I remember several years ago when I was beginning to weigh the truths of Calvinism against the opposition of Arminianism. In some ways, it was glorious. In other ways, it was torturous. I was challenged to look at God and His Word in an entirely different way, and it was not a very comfortable experience. At the time, I was sifting through the five points, trying to make up my mind on each one. As I wrestled with the doctrine of election, I could see the truths in Scripture. However, when I talked to my circles of Calvinist friends, or listened to the many advocates teach or preach on the topic, I stumbled hard over one recurring observation. Seemingly, the Calvinist camp reeked of arrogance. Out of this experience, I'd like to share two pieces of advice, one for the theology teacher and the other for the theology student. At various times, we are both the student and the teacher, so both lessons may apply to all. A Lesson for the Theology Teacher Teaching is simply imparting knowledge, usually with the goal of inducing a desired action or outcome. Anytime we share our beliefs with someone, like when we share with somebody seeking to embrace Calvinism, we become the theology teacher. And these times we must heed the warnings taught in Proverbs chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Quote, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. The parallelism in Proverbs chapter 15, verses 1 through 4, contrasts the positive with the negative regarding our speech. What is taught here is that a soft answer, a wise tongue, and a gentle tongue all positively impact the hearer of such God-honoring speech. The temptation to respond in anger often turns away from the person who hears a soft response. Knowledge imparts wise words unto the person who hears them. Life belongs to the one who hears gentle words. Conversely, a harsh answer stirs up anger. Foolish mouths pour out folly and a perverse tongue breaks the spirit. The words soft and gentle really have less to do with the content of the message and refer more to the tone of the messenger. Proverbs chapter 15 teaches that tone of voice can significantly impact the hearer. The content of the message could be 100% authentic biblical truth, but if the tone is harsh or perverse, then the biblical truth has not been delivered biblically. This contradiction is repulsive and closes off the hearer's spirit from receiving truth. How can the most knowledgeable, enthusiastic Calvinists expect the hearts of their audience to be open to the teachings of their doctrine when the tone packaging that doctrine incites anger in and crushes the spirit of the listener? To be sure, Proverbs chapter 15 verses 1 through 4 is not teaching that believers must embrace passivity and excessive softness when talking about God. Rather, these verses are teaching the mutual edification and wisdom that occurs when we say the right words in a tone that is appropriate.
arrogance has no place within sound doctrine. In Titus chapter 1 and 2, Paul describes both qualifications for elders and the proper way to teach sound doctrine, respectively. In chapter 1, Paul says that the man of God, quote, must not be arrogant. See verse 7. In chapter 2, he says, quote, Show yourselves in all respect to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. See verses 7 and 8. When sound doctrine is delivered biblically, it is without arrogance. Its content is true, and its tone is humble. A Calvinist believes that apart from God's unconditional election, they would suffer the due penalty of their total depravity. How can a person believe this about themselves and still possess anything to be arrogant about? Remember, quote, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. James chapter 4, verse 6. The lesson for the theology teacher is that the doctrine you seek to impart on others is only wholly biblical insofar as it accurately reflects God in both the content of the message and the attitude and tone of its delivery. A lesson for the theology student. Whenever we listen to a sermon, read a book, or converse with somebody about God, we become the theology student. And these times, we must also heed the warnings taught in Proverbs chapter 15, verses 1 through 4. Quote, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. The tongue of the wise commends knowledge, but the mouths of fools pour out folly. The eyes of the Lord are in every place, keeping watch on the evil and the good. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Every time I disagreed with a Calvinist friend or preacher, my pride manifested through anger. I got mad because I felt attacked. My internal monologue, my meditation, was not soft, wise, or gentle. It's true. Some of the Calvinists I observed were arrogant, but I was just as arrogant, if not more. My heart was so proud that it refused to let my mind be changed. Finally, I realized that the voices of both my prideful self and arrogant Calvinists had become louder than the Word of God. My theological development was influenced more by the disposition of man than by the plain words of Scripture. The lesson for the theology student is that, by the grace of God, arrogant people are capable of saying true things. No attitude of man can negate the clear teaching of Scripture. Conclusion I would be remiss if I did not let you know the conclusion of my efforts to determine the truths about Calvinism. I grew to realize the difference between passion and arrogance. Biblical passion, the kind that stems from the love for God and the truth of His Word, is the zealous promotion and defense of true doctrine. Arrogance, in rudimentary terms, is the sinful promotion of self and self's egocentric agenda. I realized that most Calvinists I had encountered were passionate, and, much later on, that I was mostly just arrogant. It can be hard to admit you're wrong. One sunny day, while sitting at my kitchen table, I read four passages in a new way that changed my view of God and salvation forever. Number 1. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8-10, through 10, which teaches that faith is a gift from God. Number 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 25, which teaches that repentance is a gift from God. Number 3. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 3-6, through 6, which teaches that God grants faith and repentance 
to those whom he chooses for the purpose of his own glory. And number four, Romans chapter 9, verse 20, which teaches that man has no right to question God's choice of who receives the gifts of faith and repentance and who does not. When I read these passages, I did not stumble over internal or external arrogance, but rather I was crushed by grace and overcome by the Word's tender tone regarding my Savior and salvation. So the next time you tout tulip to a brother or sister in Christ, remember, quote, Sweetness of the lips increases persuasiveness. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 21. God is faithful. Sola gratia. Thank you for listening to the Reformed Confessional Podcast. We pray that you will be edified and emboldened to profess Christ and to be unashamed of His gospel. Please visit us at reformedconfess.com.